Hello, lovelies. Welcome to the Fat Joy Podcast, where we talk each week about how to flourish in an anti-fat world. I'm Sophia, a fat person and professional coach who loves talking to other fat people about what it's like to live within oppressive systems that marginalize our bodies and how we still dare to have the audacity and courage to reach towards our collective liberation and embrace our joy. Please know this is an adult content podcast, so there will be swears. We will be talking about harms we've experienced, and we will be rebelling against diet culture, anti-fatness, ableism, racism, etc. If you'd like to support the Fat Joy podcast and get bonus content as a thank you, please check us out at patreon.com slash fatjoy. I am so glad you're here with us. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fat Joy Podcast. I am here with Avery Swartz today. Now, here's the thing about Avery is that I've actually known Avery of Avery, not known, known Avery, but known of Avery for, I mean, really probably at least a decade. Like we've had all these like overlapping circles. And what I've known Avery for is not at all what we're going to be talking about today, which I love because Avery is going to be leading the GTA, which is Greater Toronto Area chapter of Body Liberation Hiking Club. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. But I have asked Avery to share the huge swath. Well, you don't have to share a huge swath, but there is a huge swath of credentials and experience that Avery has that I thought would just be interesting for the listeners to hear, for all of you to hear. So Avery, <laughs> do you want to tell tell everyone who you are and what you've done? Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Sophia. I'm so, so happy to be here um, chatting with you. This is like, oh, I, this is the best part of my day. <laughs> okay. So I, I'm a recovering workaholic. At least I, I hope I'm recovering. We'll see about that. Um, but I, but I'm a I'm a really ambitious career person, um, and I'm I'm self-employed. I've been self-employed for a very long time. Before I was self-employed, I actually worked in the Toronto theater industry as a like an arts administrator. And my background is in theater production. So that that's like way way back. We want to go all the way back to like university days. Um, but I've been self-employed for a very long time. Um, originally as a graphic designer turned web designer. So I ran a web design studio for about a decade. Uh, and then I started a company called Camp Tech. And Camp Tech is now coming up on being 11 years old. Uh, and Camp Tech is a tech workshop company. Uh, it's for grown-ups, even though it's called Camp. It's trying to rip on the fun of the, the camp vibe. Uh, but Camp Tech, we teach practical, uh, very friendly, beginner-level tech workshops for non-technical people. And so I've kind of made that a bit of like my career mission is um, it's around like bridging the tech gap for uh, for non-technical people. Because like I said, I have like an arts background. So if I can get into tech, I really do think that anybody can. Um and I, and I really like to to bring my whole self to that, and, and for me that includes, you know, being uh, being a woman, um, uh, being fat, which we're going to talk about, uh, being a mother, being middle aged is something you actually don't see a lot in tech. Um, so I, I bring that lens to all the work that I do in tech. Uh, so I run my company. We teach workshops. Um, I wrote a book uh, for small businesses to help them get online. 
My book is called See You on the Internet. Um, and I'm also like, I, I'm a bit of a gadget nerd. I love gadgets and gear. So um, I regularly appear on CTV on the, the morning show, which is called CTV Your Morning, uh, talking about the latest and greatest in gadgets and gear. And sometimes I'm on CBC radio talking about social media and things like that. So I'm like, I'm like a super, super nerd um, in my day job. Um, but then because I am, like I said, I'm a recovering workaholic. So I'm, I'm trying to do things that are not um, centered around my computer uh, after hours. Amazing. Um, and the most important part that I love that I was showing my husband this morning is your bowler. <laughs> yes. Yes. I have, um, I have a, a bowler. And for those that are like, what the heck's a bowler? A bowler is, uh, is, is a very small little fiberglass camper. They're vintage. They were made in Canada in the seventies and early eighties. There were, I think approximately like, there were only like 5,000 of them made. Um, or, or, or 10,000. It was a very, very small number. Um, and now a lot of people are collecting them and restoring them. Uh, and in early in the pandemic, a friend of mine had one and restored it and they were looking to sell it. And so I was immediately like, okay, Sophia, I have never, like I've been, I've been camping in tents, but I've never been camping in a trailer. I don't know how to tow a trailer. I don't know how to like do the hookups <laughs> and all that stuff. And immediately I, I turned to my husband and I was like, we're going to buy that trailer. Yeah. And he's like, well, here we go. Another one of Avery's wild ideas. <laughs> so we, we bought the trailer. It's a, it's a 1975 bowler. It's been fully uh, restored. It is so beautiful and so adorable. Oh my God. I love it. I yeah. love it. And, it has brought me so much joy to go to both go camping in it, um, exploring it, and to learn a little bit about um, about there's a whole community of of like vintage fiberglass trailers and and people on the internet sharing information about like because um, a lot of it's like um, like you have to like MacGyver the parts together because they don't exist anymore. Um, so there's a lot of like this like DIY stuff going on and. Uh, I love planning adventures and, and camping trips. And it's just, it's been a, a pure joy in the last couple of years. Well, and you created an Instagram account for your bowler. <laughs> of course I did because, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a geriatric millennial, apparently, according to the New York Times. That's me too. Are that. you a 1980? Yeah. I'm a 1980 baby. Oh, yeah, me so too. So that means yeah. I'm, I'm a geriatric millennial. Oh, what a horrible um, word, geriatric. Right? <laughs> elder. I am an elder millennial. I'm an elder millennial, um, which means that, you know, I have to create an Instagram account for, for everything that I yeah. own. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good. Thank you for that background. I love that everyone knows kind of your, your business side. And of course, we're going to be talking about your, you know, not office side, the side that is going to be supporting others getting outdoors in ways that are liberatory and as safe as possible and fun, which is such a big deal. So I'm so excited that we're talking about that. So, you know, my second question is always, uh, what's your relationship to the word fat? So especially, and we talked about this when we were talking about what we were going to talk about today, like this whole, like you are public facing, like you are on TV. So I like, how has your relationship to the word fat, the relationship to your body, you know, not, not just your journey. I mean, obviously your journey. Yes. But also like, how has that shown up as you have lived a very public life? 
Yeah. Yeah. So the, the first thing I've got to say right off the bat is that I'm on that, like, 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 like you, like so many of the listeners, I'm sure that I am on a journey with this and that I am, and, and oh gosh, we're going to talk about this when we talk about the hiking club. I'm going to make so many mistakes. I'm making mistakes all over the place. Um, I'm trying really hard, but that in itself is not worthy of a, of a, of a prize. I've, I came to the word fat through discovering the fat community and particularly, you know, reading books and listening to podcasts and subscribing to beautiful sub stacks and, um, and, and, you know, just, just like, like your podcast is, is, an, is a perfect example. I've embraced the word fat really in the last year. And before that, I didn't like the word curvy. I didn't like any of that kind of stuff. Cause to me that it felt like it was, um, like male gaze kind of, like there was like a sexualization, you know, kind of thing to it. So I was like, eh. but when I was, when I was younger, um, the word that I always really, and I honestly love is the word big. Uh, and I had a nickname in, in university. People literally called me the big A. Uh, and, and, and I think I had an email address that was like the big A at hotmail.com. Like everybody said, Hey, big A, big A, you're going to go out tonight. Big A, because to me, big meant physically big. I mean, I'm five foot 10. I'm fat. Like I take up space and I love that. Um, but big also meant big personality, uh, big ambition, big heart, big love, big laughs. I want to be the big ass now. I'm changing it. I'm now the big ass. Big <laughs> ass. And I'm the big A. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> so I was very, very comfortable with that label. Uh, and then, and then on the fat side. So, so, you know, fatness is a spectrum, of course. And I am a small fat, which means that I am, I am in the fat community, but I have an immense amount of privilege, especially when it comes to how I present myself in the world. Um, uh, so like you said, like, like I, like I go on television a lot. Um, even, you know, six, seven years ago when I was on television, there were less clothing options <laughs> than there are now. And that's just for a small fat, not to mention, you know, the entire spectrum. Um, so finding like, um, you know, television friendly clothing uh, has been an interesting challenge. It's getting better, but it is by no means okay. And it's by no means okay um, for the entire fatness spectrum, of course. No one has ever said anything to my face. Nobody has ever insinuated anything. Uh, my producers on the show have always been incredibly warm and welcome and have always, you know, said, we love working with you and, and this was so great and you were wonderful in that segment. We can't wait to have you back on, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but when I go and watch my, my TV segments, when I watch them back, I don't like to really watch them because it's weird to watch yourself on TV. It's just an odd feeling. Um, but when I but when I do watch it, like I I do see that there, there's me and I'm I'm the big A, and then there's there's the a lot of the other people on television. Just unfortunately, because that industry is so messed up, um, they're tiny. They're they're so there's there's um there's like there's the big A and then there's like the tiny K. Yeah, <laughs> you know this, this little person next to me. So so just just purely in the the like the scale there there's definitely something that seems a bit odd uh to my eye but i had to do a lot of unpacking around that and be like well maybe it's not odd maybe it's just cool like that's just the way it is um 
And it's fine that this person looks this way and it's fine that I look this way. And like, we both look fabulous, uh, you know, in our outfits. Um, and let's talk about, you know, the latest iPad or yeah. whatever I'm there to talk about, right? <laughs> so it, it, it definitely has been a, a, a real journey for me and one that I'm continuing to go on, especially the, the point that I'm at right now is really in wanting to make sure that I am doing justice and and giving proper recognition and respect and support to all members of the fat community. That that um you know that, that there there really is a a very distinct difference between you know a small fat and a super fat, and that I benefit from so much privilege and and thinness style privilege as a small fat and it's my job to then like not just advocate for myself but like do whatever I can for everybody else as well yeah that's beautiful well and that feels like that's such a great transition into talking about the fat liberation or sorry the body I always want to call it the fat liberation hiking group but the body liberation hiking group hiking club so let's start there because I think this is so interesting so how how do you do that how do you create this I mean, safety is such, it's a, such an overused word. So I know one organization I work with, Firefly Creative Writing that you know as well, um, we talk about creating safe as possible spaces, which I hope indicates, I think we hope indicates that we have thought through it as much as we can and we're still open and we constantly change and deepen and and try to create even more safety. So how how especially when it comes to hiking, to movement, to that kind of physical challenge, how is safe as, pos- safe as possible space created? How are you thinking about that? And I think about this a lot. And I, I waffle back and forth between the, oh my gosh, I can't, I, I'm never going to be able to do it right. I'm never going to be able to do it perfect. Um, and then the feeling of, well, just do it anyway and accept you're going to make mistakes. And then sometimes I get the feeling like, oh, oh gosh, I'm not going to do it right. I'm not going to do a perfect slide. So I just get out of it. Shouldn't even try. Like, but I'm like, but I, but I really I push myself through that because that, that's not how change is made. Um, change is made with, um, you know, two steps forward, one step back. Like I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fall flat on my face and I'm going to hopefully be as gracious about it as I can be and then get back up and try again. Um, so Body Liberation Hiking Club is, um, I, I like to call it a movement, really. Uh, it was started by a wonderful human named Alexa. Uh, I'm sorry if I just triggered your smart speakers, anyone. Um, but, uh, but wonderful Alexa, who is based in the Hudson Valley uh, of New York State. And, um, you know, went through her own journey of um, both, uh, you know, her own fatness acceptance and then also recognizing that she just, you know, as an individual, just loved going for hikes um, and wanted to create a space where um, originally she did call it the fat hikers of the Hudson Valley. So specifically for fat people to get together and hike together. Um, and I was aware of it uh, because of a wonderful person in our fat community, Virginia Soul Smith, who is like, iconic, um, writes this fantastic um, email newsletter called Burnt Toast, 
and as the burnt toast podcast and uh, and virginia would say uh, every once in a while in her newsletter she'd say, I'm, I'm gonna go hiking with my hiking club this weekend i'm like what is this hiking club <laughs> you know how, how do i learn more um and so that's how i, I found the instagram account uh and there's a facebook group um and learned that alexa had renamed it the body liberation hiking club um and I started to learn a little bit more about, okay, well, what does that mean? And, and how do we, you know, dig into that? Um, but also thinking, oh, well, it's in the Hudson Valley. I'm not in the Hudson Valley. But then I saw that Alexa posted this note saying, if anybody wants to uh, be a volunteer and start up a volunteer chapter in their area, you know, fill out this Google form and then jump on this Google Meet and, you know, I'll tell you more about it. Um, and so I did. And then I was like, oh, th this actually is pretty cool. I was like, well, um, I, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty early in my fatness journey. I'm pretty early actually, even in my hiking journey, but I do have a lot of experience in building communities and, um, and, and setting up communities. And, and really I was so inspired by Alexa's beautiful, um, vision. And she's an extremely thoughtful and, and heart centered person. And I was like, what the hell? Why not? <laughs> let's, let's get involved. Um, but to answer your question about, about like, how do you, how do you create a space that in some ways is an impossible task? How can you create a space that is as inclusive as possible that will be centered around something that is by its very nature, not exactly inclusive? Like hiking is not going to be inclusive to every single body. Um, it is a physical activity that requires, you know, there's different levels, of course, but there's, but there, there are physical limitations to who can and cannot hike. And, and that goes way beyond just fatness that, that goes into, you know, some, some disabilities that goes also into, um, you know, I think a lot about all the different ways that accessibility plays into this, um, you know, financial accessibility, the accessibility of time to even go and do one of these hikes, um, things like, do you have access to a car? Can, you know, can you take public transit? to get to these hikes? Um, do you even have access to a computer or, or, you know, your cell phone to be on Instagram or a website to know that the hike is taking place? Um, so there, there are just inherently going to be some ways where it's, it's not going to, to be inclusive to absolutely everyone. Um, but I try not to make perfect be the enemy of good. Uh, and instead just know that I'm just going to try as hard as I can to make it as good enough as I can, because it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. And that you can keep, I mean, I think part of this, because this is a new chapter being started up here, and I think there's chapters being started up all over. So if someone's listening and interested, the show note or the show notes to the episode will have a link to the main um, page that can be checked out. But I, th I think too, like part of this is figuring out what's true for this chapter and what's possible for this chapter. And then you iterate and, you know, like you said, like there will be things that get messed up, but I think that's where grace for self and grace for directed at you is really important as you keep trying. Right. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah. And like you said, there, there's chapters in, um, really rural regions. Um, there's chapters in cities. There's a, there's a New York City chapter that is very specific about, they say like, we are doing urban hikes. 
this like it's it's great when you can go upstate and you can go and literally climb a mountain if you wanted to, but um, we're not climbing mountains. We're you know climbing Brooklyn, <laughs> whatever, right? Um, and and so that's what I'm trying really hard to do in in the greater Toronto area is make it a mix of actual urban hikes that are in the city that you can take the streetcar or the bus and you can get to it. Um, and, and maybe, you know, ones that are, I'm trying to find some that are, uh, like stroller accessible. If you have a baby that needs to be in a stroller or, you know, even wheelchair accessible, um, those that, and and then ones that are like, well, we're going to go to, um, an area outside of Toronto. It's known as the Niagara Escarpment. We're going to hike something called Rattlesnake Point, which is where you, you have to go up to a point. There are no rattlesnakes. There's just a point. Um, <laughs> uh, but you get a beautiful view from, from being on top of the point. But, um, you know, that by its very nature means certain people are not going to be able to, to join us on that hike. Uh, but maybe they can join us on the next one. Yeah, that's so great. I love how you're being so thoughtful about all of this because it it it's important work and it is labor. Like it is labor to think through all these different aspects. So thank you for that. Thank you for doing that. And you know what? It's self-serving. Um, I was talking to my husband about it. And he's like, I, I love him. He's so wonderful. And he's so supportive of me because I, I usually have wild ideas and I just, you know, run with them. And I, and I, I'm always starting up different things here and there. And he's like, Avery, are you doing it again? Um, I mean, like, like, are you, are you biting off more than you can chew? Oh, that's a terrible. Um, yeah, it is. Isn't it? I just real, I just heard it too. Yeah. What did you say instead of that? Like, are, are, well, I guess this is, are you taking on too much? Are, are you taking on too much? Because I do have a bit of a habit of doing that. Um, and, and I said, I, I made a promise. I said, like, um, and, and this is like a shout out to anyone listening. Fairly early, as, as we start to build this community, I will be looking for potential co-leaders that can, you know, come on board and, and share this with me. Um, and also, like, this is also extremely self-serving. Like, I absolutely adore hiking so this gives me a schedule of hikes that i have to do um and i want to do and also i love building community and meeting new people like i am like on the on you know when you do those like introvert extrovert tests like i'm 100 percent extrovert <laughs> me too me too i may be one of your volunteers because i'm so excited about that yeah yeah so i'm like oh my gosh i get to i get to do hikes like this, this feels like the most wonderful thing i get to do hikes I get to meet new people. I get to build a community. Like uh, th- this does not feel like a chore or, or work to me in any way. This feels like, like, uh, like a gift. It's great. Absolutely. Well, and so what is your relationship to hiking? Have you, are you a hiker? I know the answer, but I'm asking for the group. <laughs> like, yes, but not, not like a hardcore, like, Oh, I've been, you know, doing Kilimanjaro since I was five years old. Um, and there actually, there is this, there is a hiking culture that is like that and it's disgusting. Um, and that's one of the things that the Body Liberation Hiking Club really tries to, to fly in the face of. Um, that, uh, you know, Alexa has set a creed that we uh, have adopted at the Toronto chapter as well. Um, uh, I'll even like, I have it on my screen in front of me. I'll read it to you. But the creed for body liberation hiking club and all its chapters, uh, three sentences. So it's, this is a place for folks of all genders who struggle or who have struggled with giving themselves permission to enjoy nature and outdoor movement. 
uh, Body Liberation Hiking Club is blazing past the gatekeepers who for so long wanted to prevent body diversity while hiking, biking, kayaking, or other outdoor recreation. We choose to look at these activities for pure enjoyment and celebrate the bodies we have now for allowing us to experience the beauty of the outdoors. Oh, it's so good. I also love the use of the word blaze, which is like also another word for a trail marker. <laughs> That's right, baby. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So there's this, there is this kind of traditional community in the outdoor world. It, and it's in, it's in hiking. It's definitely, it's in biking. It's in kayaking. It's in, it's even in camping, which is, you know, I've experienced it when I go camping, um, that it's, that it's for these, you know, traditionally, um, you know, straight sized, you know, thinner bodies, you know, uh, white, cisgendered, like, you know, just, just the, all them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also like wealth, wealthy often, you know, like. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, cause one of the things that, that can really feel like a, like a hurdle to getting into outdoor activities is equipment and gear and clothing. Um, you know, one of the, the great things about hiking is that all you really need is like a pair of shoes like, and they don't even have to be fancy shoes. Like you can wear whatever shoes you are comfortable with as long as like, don't wear flip flops. It's not really a good idea. But other than that, like they can be sneakers, they can be, you know, an old pair of, of, you know, whatever you have. Um, and, and that's really all you need. Um, but they're, there is some, you know, people really get into the clothing and the fancy boots and the fancy packs and, and all of this stuff. Um, and that can really be a hurdle, both a financial hurdle. Um, and, and then also, you know, of course it's a size hurdle. Uh, if, if you cannot find gear that literally fits your body. Um, and, and that can be something that, uh, you, you feel very self-conscious of if you're out on the trails and you see these people that are wearing like, you know, the fancy high tech hiking gear and you're wearing, you know, your 10 year old runners uh, that you stole from your kid or whatever. <laughs> and, and, you know, like a ratty t-shirt or something, but it feels comfortable to you. Um, you know, you, you can very much feel like you don't belong. Um, you know, I've been out on trails uh, where I, I go slower. Like I, I am not the fastest hiker, especially if there's any type of elevation gain, like I huff and puff. Um, and I can feel very self-conscious about the, the huffing and the puffing. Um, and I often get passed on a trail when I am huffing and puffing. And I, I and, and it's very important that this is a body liberation hiking club. This is not a body positivity hiking club. Um, I do not feel beautiful and empowered and wonderful. And I do not love my body in the moments when I have to stop and catch my breath. And a straight-sized person in their fancy pants, fancy pants, <laughs> are, are literally blazing past me. And I'm like, ugh. But they, I, I've never had anybody say anything to me. Some members of Body Liberation Hiking Club have, have had people literally say to them, like, you know, you should be on the beginner trail. Or, are you okay? You don't belong here. Um, yeah, I think I, I could... Wow, I could come back with some really sweet comebacks if somebody said something like that to me. Um, but I feel it, right? You feel it on the inside. You feel like you're being judged. You feel like you're not good enough. You feel like you don't belong here. Um, 
And so take that feeling and now imagine being surrounded by, I don't know, five, 10 people that are like you, that want to go at around the same pace, maybe even slower than you. Maybe they want to take their time and stop and take a picture. Um, maybe like they see that you're slowing down a little bit and they're like, hey, now's a great place to take a rest. Why don't we, you know, chat about what books we're reading lately or, or something. Um, and, and then when, uh, you know, a straight-sized person comes by, they're welcome to join or not or whatever. Like, like to, just, to just flip that so that you don't have any of the, the at, at best, we don't want to have the negative feelings. We just want to at least have them be neutral feelings. They don't have to be positive feelings all the time, but like, let's hopefully not have so many negative feelings. Well, it's so interesting. The two things that you mentioned, which are so triggering for people is the heavy breathing and the slowness. I mean, that comes up all the time when I talk to people and even myself, like when I go hiking with my partner, he is tall and lean and, you know, probably walks a third of his normal pace if we're hiking together. And there are times where I'm like, I just, I just need to breathe loudly and I'm embarrassed that you're going to hear it still, like still I have this. And it's very, it's really interesting how deep that goes to just like about our breath. When you think about it, it's such a fundamental part of ourselves, but it is so connected to a lot of negative feelings around things like fitness and oh my gosh it takes me right back to elementary school class right oh when you're forced to like do a mile on the track and then you're huffing and puffing and then you're can i I swear yeah 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 so your asshole gym teacher is like telling you to hurry it up and you're oh oh and all all the feelings of of shame of uh, oh it's just it's awful it's absolutely awful So I'm just, I don't think I've ever, so I've done quite a lot of backcountry stuff. I used to work at hiking and outdoor stores. I was a total gearhead. I used to sell all the gear and I've been away from it for a little bit now, probably like 10 years, but I still, I live in kind of the Niagara escarpment area ish. So during COVID, especially, I think that's how I, how I kept myself grounded was we got a membership to the Halton area, um, Halton Conservation Yeah, the conservation areas. Yeah. And we just went to all the trails and it was just so good and so healing and also still confronting where I'm like, all right, just you go ahead with the dogs. I'm going to go slow. I also have a knee injury. My body is what it is. So I'm just so we just we've worked it out. My partner and I have worked it out where, yeah, he just goes ahead and I kind of like do my thing. We tend, we will meet up at a certain time. And I actually really like that. So I do a lot of solo, but the thought of coming to, to like a trailhead and being met with other people that look like me, that sound like me, (laughs) I'm breathing, walk at a pace that works for me. Like I'm so curious because I've never had that. I'm so curious to be in that space and see what that would feel like because I can just imagine the the release of it. I I mean, I could imagine crying, being like, wow, I feel like I can just be me here and I can let go a lot of these feelings. So I it's really emotional when I think about the gift that this can be. Yeah. 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 Uh and, and I think you know, there are so many people that, that really 
it was during lockdown times that there was nothing else you could do but but get outside and and even um like you like i i have i have a dog i have two dogs and so um it would be like even just getting outside and walking to take them on dog walks like that became a bit of a lifeline for me and then when we could you know go out and and go on hikes and go to parks also there, i do this interesting thing and this this kind of ties back to my work a little bit and this is something that i've been able to really really find a a, a better sense of balance with my like super workaholism life um a lot of a lot of what i do in my job is i i teach workshops and i I teach people about tech um so i've now made it a bit of a practice that if i am going to a place because now we can go out and do this in person so if i'm going to a place to go and teach a tech workshop i will also make sure i do a hike that same day and it, it might even be like 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 half a kilometer like just a very very short hike um, but if I'm going to go teach, I make sure I build room on my schedule that when I'm done teaching, I need some quiet time. I need to recharge. And for me, that means really getting outside, you know, with as many trees around me as I can. Um, so, so that, uh, because, you know, when, when I personally, when I look back at any like X or, oh gosh, to me, the word exercise is like a four letter word, like I, I, I do not do exercise. I do not do it. Um, and I felt a lot of guilt and shame and, and struggle with that in my life. Um, but ever since I, I was one of those kids, I was like, I was a little kid. And I was just like, I don't like gym class. I don't like organized sports. I don't like being barked at and told that I have to do something. I didn't like the physical exertion. Like I was a, I was a bookish child more, um, or, or a party child like it was more social. Um, and then, and then in my in my twenties and and thirties, when a lot of people were were you know going to gyms and stuff, I I went to a gym once and thought, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing, so I should you know book a session with a personal trainer. So I did. I thought I was being very responsible, and this personal trainer literally had me swing a kettlebell over my head on the very first time I was there, and I had a very bad back injury as uh as as a ugh, it was awful. Um, so now I think like gyms aren't a safe space for me. I'm not into team sports. So it's just like, well, I guess I just don't get to exercise. Like that's not a thing. Um, and then I realized that uh, I, I know this person that teaches um, these beautiful classes and workshops about um, movement and how to move your body in a way that is restorative uh, and in his way that works with the, the mechanics of your body, whatever size, shape, flavor your body is. Um, and this is a person who always said, like, movement and exercise are not the same thing. So I was like, wait a minute. I can hate exercise, but be into movement? Right? Nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm into movement. <laughs> and movement is doing the laundry. Movement is, you know, going up the stairs to go to the bathroom. Movement is walking in in the woods because it makes me feel better. Like it's so liberating. Yeah. Well, it's stripped away. Like even as you're talking about that, I'm so aware of how deeply it is. Movement is all of the capitalism stripped away. It is the it's like the you can wear 10 year old sneakers like you don't have to buy new hiking shoes in order to be a hiker, which is what capitalism would tell us, right? And like the wellness fitness industrial complex would tell us, right? So we just get to like take all that away and we get to just be. And we're not, we're so not used to that, are we? Like that's a strange notion. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and it's this beautiful idea. And, and Alexa, um, you know, I, I speak of her almost like she's like our cult leader, but it kind of is because <laughs> uh, she's so wonderful. Um, Alexa talks a lot about how nature is for everyone. Like it, it is nature. It like that. That's the point. Like, like we are human bodies, uh, beautiful, wonderful bodies of all different types and, and sizes and shapes and, and and flavors. But we are, we are, we come from nature. We are natural bodies. We belong in nature. Nature is for all of us. And the idea that that certain types of people get to be in nature more than other types is just like that's so badass word. <laughs> or that they're like like in the creed like the gatekeepers that keep it that way is brutal yeah well i mean there's so much scientific evidence that shows when we are in our nature like our body responds differently when we hear bird songs is the latest thing i read when we hear bird song our nervous system relaxes bird song and I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense, you know, or I mean, it's just water. Water's huge for people, you know, being able to just be by. So we know it's so supportive of our own like enlivenment, if I can use that word. Um, and yeah, the thought that we restrict ourselves for reasons based on essentially oppressive systemic gatekeeping. Um, is deeply sad. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, and you're changing it. This is what's happening. I mean, I'm, I'm creating a very, very small space um, that just says like in this, in this, in this little space, it will hopefully grow to be a bigger space and even bigger space is part of this beautiful movement um, that when you, it's like when you roll with us, like you're cool. Like, like we got you. Um, you know, we, we have some really clear rules because I think that, um, having clear boundaries and rules and definitions is uh, essential to a community um, and, and being hard about them uh, protects people. Um, and, and our rules are, that we're very, very clear about are like, number one, we do not do any type of weight loss or dieting talk of any type. Like we just don't do that. Talk about, you know, what you watched on TV last night. Talk about anything else. Like just do, we do not do weight loss and dieting talk. Can I say, can, can I do an example of that? Because I think a lot of people don't know what that actually means. I found this, I do that with my groups too. And I find that people don't know what it means. So an example of that would be something like, I can imagine a hike, someone being like, well, I'm glad I'm doing this today. I get to have dessert tonight. You know, it's like that kind of comment, you know, where there's some earning, like I have to earn my food or, wow, this is great. I hope I've got a wedding in two weeks. I hope this like gets me into my dress, like that intentional weight loss piece. Absolutely. And, and, and you're right that it, it slips in in these most like insidious little ways. Yeah. We've been totally acculturated to do it. Like we don't even know we're doing it. Absolutely. Uh, and, 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 and that, oh gosh, there's, that's, you gotta do another whole podcast episode on that one, Sophia, like <laughs> the relationship know. between movement and, and whether or not you deserve food um and and how we've got to break that connection completely they have nothing to do with each other um and on some of our hikes because we say we, we will do hikes that are up to six and a half kilometers long which you know can be a couple of hours we encourage you to bring water please hydrate um but also bring fuel um because you you may need fuel and, and what i mean by fuel is food uh and you can bring whatever food and whatever fuel is right for you 
Um, if you want to bring a, I don't know, a, a, a fancy granola bar that looks like it was built in a science lab, like, cool. If you want to bring, like, one of your kids Rice Krispie treats, cool. Like, there, there's no judgment around what fuel you, you want to bring. So let's say I brought the Rice Krispie Square. I would not feel like I have to justify, oh, there's nothing else in the house. I just had to grab this. Like, that's another thing we do. It is. It absolutely is. You don't need to apologize. You don't need to justify. But also the flip side of that is it means that we also cannot say, oh, dang, that looks really good. Right. Ooh. And we can't say like, oh, I wished I had brought that instead of this thing that I brought instead. Um, because that that's the flip side, right? And the same thing with the weight loss and the dieting talk. It's like, yeah, you absolutely cannot say like, oh, I'm so glad I did this hike today. Now I'm on my you know, weirdo diet that I'm working towards. Um, but you also can't say, um, I'm so glad that we're not talking about diets. And, and I'm so glad, or let, let me tell you about how I was on a diet. It made me do this, but I'm not on that diet anymore. Like, it's just none, like absolutely none. There's so many other interesting things to talk about. So many. And, you know, it's true. In spaces like this, when this food and diet talk gets cut out, you actually do start talking about amazing things. Okay, so here's here's my very curious question around this. Because, again, something I think about all the time, because I also run, you know, you know, these kind of liberation type spaces. How will you moderate, manage that. So, cause things will be said cause it's so second nature. No one's trying to hurt anyone else. Like we know that, but it, stuff does slip out. So what's, so how do we, how do we flow with that? How do we respond? So in my experience as being a, a community leader and a community moderator, um, I think so much of building a, building a tone in a space happens way before the actual event itself. Um, and, and oh my, oh, here, you've got to include this in the show notes. There is a wonderful, wonderful book by this uh, wonderful human named Priya Parker. It's a book called The Art of Gathering. Yes. <laughs> and it talks about being intentional with how you bring people together, whether that's a dinner party or you're putting on a conference for 500 people. Um, and, and this means being intentional from, from the moment that you, like even just this, how we're even talking about things. Um, you know, how we post our rules and our guidelines, our code of conduct, our creed, um, you know, how we, we are very clear about what we do and do not do um, sets the tone before we even get to the event. Um, when we meet at the trailhead as a group, we get together. So they, like, if people are like, what, what does she mean? Tra trailhead just means where you start, okay? Like, I should probably get away from using this, like, inclusive, this um, uh, exclusionary language. Um, but, but in, in hiking terms, the trailhead means where you start. So when we get there, when everybody meets up at the, the day and time and location, when we said, so that's when we're going to repeat the ground rules. Um, also something the body liberation hiking club is everybody goes around and sets an intention for their hike. And I love that the intention can be like, um, I want to pay more attention to the birds that I hear and see. Um, I want to, I want to pay attention. And, and this is where you, you can talk a bit about your body. Like you, you can say, I want to pay attention to how this feels in my body. That is a beautiful statement that has nothing to do with weight loss and dieting talk. Um, so everybody sets an intention. And also that is where I will reiterate. This is how we will behave. Um, we are going to um, take frequent breaks. We are not going to move faster than the person that's at the back. The person at the back sets the pace. 
Um, we are going to, you know, uh, and, and then any, you know, like, okay, well, we're going to get to this point and that's where we're going to stop because that's where there's some bathrooms or whatever. But also in that moment is when I reiterate, these are the things that we do and do not do. Uh, and like you said, with some examples, I think is really, really important. But let's say it happens anyway. Someone accidentally slips up. Um, it is my job to, uh, to first of all, let everyone know that if at any point they hear or see something, they can say it to me and it will be held in confidence. So if someone comes to me and they say, hey, you know what? Jimbo over there, uh, you know, said something. My first uh, reaction is to do anything I can to take care of that person, to make sure that they feel recognized, seen, and heard, and then ask them how do they feel about how we're going to potentially move forward. I can give suggestions. Um, one of my first suggestions would be I can go and talk to Jimbo, uh, and my gut instinct is to do that one-on-one, -on -one, uh, not in front of the entire group. But there are times sometimes when something gets to, a, it can escalate to a certain point where it does need to be brought to the attention of the entire group. So if it's a relatively small slip up, um, you know, then I can go and talk to that person one-on-one. -on -one. And, uh, and again, this, this isn't, a, a, you know, me disciplining or there's no like penalties. Although if you're a repeat offender, then maybe you're going to be asked not to come. Um, but, but it's like, Hey, I know you you probably weren't even aware of it. We all make these kind of mistakes. I just wanted to let you know that, uh, you know, there's something that you said, and I'm trying not to bring it back to the, we don't need to mention the person that you said it to. So I heard that there was something that you might have said, and let's talk that through and maybe say how that, that probably wasn't very cool. Um, but, but, there, but there is going to be a point, you know, I, I hope this doesn't happen, but I'm prepared for it to happen, where something could escalate to the point where we do need to talk about it as a group. I'm also fully prepared to say to somebody, you know, this isn't the right place for you. I'd like, I'd like to ask you that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you don't come out for, uh, for our next hike. Because that, and, and I think the most important thing of all of this is that you have to be clear. Clear is kind. I think it's, it's, I think it's Brene Brown that says that, or Glennon Doyle, or one of these wonderful people. Like, clear is kind. You have to be very clear, and you have to do it fast. So it's, Clear and clarity leading up to the event. At the event, you've got to be clear. And when something happens, you do not let it fester for three weeks. That's the thing. That's the thing. And that's, I mean, and that's where you as the, you know, as the leader of this chapter, that that falls to you often. And there's a real, and that's one of the things with leading groups um, is that it does, it requires courage and vulnerability. And this is where mess comes in, which is also good because like, I love this because you get to make a mess. They get to make a mess. They said something. And I think I've, I've thought about this. Like, I think I've thought about this for years. I, I learned this concept about mess making, like, I don't know, 10, 11 years ago in this leadership training I did. And I keep having it show up around if we could just be okay with making a mess and being in the discomfort of it and knowing that we have the skills, the abilities, the vulnerability to clean it up, the world would be different. And so I love when people make messes. I love when I make messes because it, I hate it, but I love it because I can be like, all right, I'm just going to put aside my ego. I'm going to connect back to the human that is me because perfectionism is 
a white supremacist tool. So even every time we make a mess, we are rebelling against white supremacy and anti-racism. I love that framing. I love this idea of like you hold it, you create the container, you hold the group and you're going to have the hard conversations and that gets to model for the rest of us for how to do that. You're going to, I know you're going to do it with grace. So the person on the receiving end is not going to be made to feel wrong, but they're going to learn something like that's, that feels, that is safety to me. That is safer spaces. It absolutely is. Um, and you and you hit on you hit the nail really hard on the head there with saying that this is not about ego, like this is this is not about me being oh look at me I'm the leader I'm being so great like this is absolutely nothing to do with that it can't be because then you wouldn't want to make any mess no exactly exactly because you'd be showing the spotlight on yourself and how perfect and wonderful you are um, where I thoroughly embraced how all the mistakes I'm going to make um, a mistake that I know that I, I can see coming that I'm already trying to do as much as I can around is also around um, our as, as a, as the, the greater Toronto area group, but then also the body liberation hiking club, because, because you know, all the, all the different community leaders, all the volunteer chapter leads, we all get together on, on zooms and we all talk to each other and share tips and, and, and things. Um, but one that I know is a something that I need to do even more work on, I've done a bit, but not nearly enough, is our relationship to the land and our, especially in Canada, and our relationship to the, um, the indigeneity of the land. Um, because we are given the beautiful opportunity and gift to be able to enjoy this beautiful nature that 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 you know indigenous um uh, communities have been the stewards of uh and and i am white and i am a descendant of people that came and stole this land um so trying to work out a bit of of what that means to be on indigenous land and to not just recognize it but honor it and contribute to the stewardship um and, and how do we do that as a group as well? Because, of course, you know, bodies are so intersectional. Fatness is intersectional with race, with class, with history, with, with ableism, with disability, with, with so much bias. And one of our big problems in Canada for white people like me is that we have a duty to not just truth but reconciliation. And how can... Um, this hiking club playing an important part in that reconciliation. Oh, I'm Terry. I think that is so important. And I'm so glad that's being thought about and talked about. And yeah, with the organ with Firefly, we, we think about that a lot. And whenever we go away to places, we have a number of things that we do. There's always a donation to a local indigenous organization. We do land acknowledgements. We do. Yeah. Like, again, it's, it seems like just drops in the bucket, but it is drops in the bucket, like things that we can actively do with intention. And we're always looking to do better with it. So I love that, Avery. I'm so glad that's a part of the consciousness of and the intentionality of this group because it is so important. Yeah, absolutely. I think I stopped you after the first guideline. Um, what were some of the other ones? <laughs> okay, so we, we don't do diet and, and uh, weight loss talk. Um, very similar, you know, we've kind of touched on this already, but like the intersectionality of, of this world and this space. So there is absolutely no 
like no racist, no hate speech, no anti, you know, 2SLGBTQI+. There's no, um, you know, xenophobia. Like, you say something stupid, like, don't be stupid. <laughs> I'm joking about it, but like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, and the good thing about hiking is that um, when you hike in a group, you, you are in a group, but you do kind of tend to go off in like a little group of two, a group of three or something. So like, I'm going to just very, you know, casually, but also very intentionally make sure that I stand next to you and be like, hey, that thing you just said, not cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's great. And the thing is that we're inclusive of all genders. We, uh, we, we actively recognize and embrace that uh, gender binary is a construct and um, any gender of any body can walk next to us. Um, and, and we embrace all genders and include all genders, uh, to come with us. So that means, and what that also means in, in a practical way to create a safe space to be inclusive of all genders is we, uh, we do not do any gender based language. Uh, so there is no like, Hey ladies, let's all go together. Um, we do not, we do not gender people. We do not assume gender. There's so many other great collective nouns you can use. You can call people folks. You can call them friends. Hikers. My favorite is gumdrops. Hello, gumdrops. <laughs> I, I sometimes uh, I, I default to hey assholes. Ah, like, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we can. Yeah, there's so many. We could probably come up with a ton. Yeah, with my writers, it's like hello wonder pens. You know, like there's so many things that we can make up and use. And we don't need to mention gender at all. Um, but also making sure that, that we are creating a safe space so that, so that people do not feel that, um, that they can, that, that they need to worry about being misgendered or to, or to show up as a particular gender. Um, you know, I, another rule is yes, that we acknowledge that we're on indigenous land, um, which we mentioned. And then another one, and this one is just like, ugh, uh, is, no MLM talk or self-promotion. Oh, thank this you. This is gross. Thank you. This is gross. The fact that that even needs to be said explicitly, but thank you. <laughs> and especially because MLMs tend to prey on vulnerable spaces. Yes, they do. And so if anybody is thinking of they're going to come out and sell some leggings. I was going to say, yeah, MLM is multi-level marketing. It's like leggings, Tupperware, um, makeup, makeup, Arbonne, um, like, candles. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, there's all kinds of MLMs out there. And, and it means that, that people, people are exploiting personal relationships and turning them into sales relationships. Yes, none of that. And so none of that. Like, no, no, if you're, if you're hiking with someone and, and you happen to, um, you know, strike up a conversation and this is one of these conversations, like, I think this is going to happen. And there's a fine line between like, I really like your leggings where did you get them? Because they look like they are, you know, not riding up or they are not chafing or, you know, some of those things that, that bigger bodies experience. Um, there's a fine line between like, like at what point does that become like kind of a, I don't know, should we be, cause that's talking about our bodies, but also like, dang, it's really hard to find good leggings. <laughs> um, so there's like a bit of a fine line there, I think. Um, but, but if it's like, Oh, I bought them because my roommate sells them as part of their MLM leggings program. <laughs> then no, no, <laughs> none. That's great. And That's then another great. rule that is that is very much just to literally protect the the 
physical safety of the members of our group is we follow safety guidelines. Um, we hike at our own risk and we hike within our limits. And that is something that especially beginner hikers, um, unfortunately, sometimes you have to, the, the only way to really know where your limit is, is to cross it. It's true. Like I know, for example, I can do about three kilometers comfortably. And then after that, my knee starts to hurt and my back. And so, so let's say I'm on a 6K hike at the 3K mark. I would just probably turn around and go back myself, right? Great. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Perfect. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I would make sure that someone checks in with you later just to make sure that you're okay and you got you got home safe and you felt good. And so great to see you and, and all of that good stuff. I love the caretaking, Avery. It's so good. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, when you're like, like intercepted by a slasher on the way home. <laughs> a slasher. I love that that's where my mind goes. I know. My mind goes I... immediately to murder. <laughs> like, I don't want anyone getting murdered at my hiking club. Yeah, okay? agree. So, yeah. Agree. Oh, that should gosh. be a rule. Oh, my God. <laughs> no murder. <laughs> I've obviously been watching way too many true <laughs> Thanks, so good. <laughs> I love oh it. My gosh. Um, but yeah, like, like, and you won't. So, so if you're a, if you're a brand new beginner hiker and you've never gone on a hike before, um, starting with a six k hike, probably not a great idea. Um, you know, and 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 as I plan our schedule, we plan a minimum of two hikes a month. Uh, and and if you go on our Instagram right now, you can see the the schedule that starts in April. We're, uh, so we've got April, May, and June already planned out. And, and I, like, I love the all trails app. Like, you know, I pulled up the app. I make sure I measure all the distance. I go on Google maps. I look through, I check the distance, all that kind of good stuff to make sure that we do have a bit of a variety here. So, um, if you've never hiked before, pick one of the ones that is a shorter length that has, um, what we call a, a lower ele elevation gain just means literally like, is it totally flat or are you going to potentially like, you know, go up the equivalent of a flight of stairs at, at some point in terms of, of an incline? Um, so pick the ones that are shorter in distance, pick lower elevation gain. Also look, um, another thing, you know, that, that is interesting here for hiking in Canada, or at least, you know, in the, in Canada in general, but the greater Toronto area as well, is like, let's look at the weather. Let's look at the time of year. Um, I personally love to hike in the fall because it's still really lovely and beautiful outside. The temperature is lower. Like, I don't mind hiking in July, but oh baby, it gets humid. I get, I get like boob sweat. I get like, oh, the back sweat underneath my, my, uh, my backpack, like, ugh. Um, so I, I'm planning at least, at least one of our summer hikes will be close to the lake so that we can jump in the lake. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. That's what I want to do. That's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. When I imagine too, I was just thinking about like those longer hikes, like um, as the community develops, like I would probably be someone who would raise a hand and be like, you know, I know that I'll probably 3K is about my limit. If anyone else is wanting to do a 3K, we can walk together and then we can turn around together, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I didn't even know the schedule's out. I've got to like book it in because April's close. April's pretty close. Yeah, I know it is. It's really close. And and I love that, um, and I want to be really open to a plan I'm being really open to getting this feedback that people are like, you know what, Avery, like we looked at your schedule and it's pretty freaking ambitious. Can you pull it <laughs> back a little? Be like, yeah, baby, I gotcha. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or if you're like, 
like so, so for example um alexa in the original body liberation hiking club group um some of them found that they they enjoyed the the community and the collective experience of being outside together in a way that they could only experience solo and so they said hey could we do some more things outdoors together that i've been afraid to do solo and that includes um they do a camping weekend where there's some members that were like i've always wanted to go camping but i'm afraid to go by myself and i'm embarrassed to go with anybody else but maybe we could go um so they do so they do a camping weekend together which is so cool i think they're uh they're doing an ice skating weekend together um very like in the winter um so totally open to that that idea of, of it being community driven it's like if the community decides like hey wouldn't it be cool you know here in the greater toronto area um where we we are in the great lakes uh where we've got some beautiful lakes and rivers could we all go kayaking together Sure. I mean, it's it's called a hiking club, but who cares? Like, we can all go kayaking together. Like, you know, and that's it's the beautiful thing about it being volunteer and community driven. It's like we can do whatever we want as long as we stay within those clear guidelines of, you know, the founding principles of, of uh, what the group is. Oh my God. So good. It sounds so good. I'm so excited. Um, question for you. Um, can, I, I think I know the answer. And and ask it, um, can straight size people come? Can non-fat people come? Yeah, yeah. And and I've thought a lot about that. Um, and I and I know what the like the official answer is from Body Liberation Hiking Club is yes. Um, the official answer from Body Liberation Hiking Club is that um uh, that that it that it is about making connections between nature and you know a body neutral anti-diet anti-fitness space in the outdoors um but alexa goes so far as to say that 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 this is for like four kind of main groups like people that are seeking a safe space in the outdoors people that are living in a fat or marginalized body people that are recovering from an eating disorder and are looking for an anti-diet community and also people that are standing in solidarity with this movement and want to show support for body liberation and visibility. So that's the 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 point that is really important to me, um, because in in my mind, I'm like, okay, so if we if we make a space that is um, part, and, and I do think that it is important to have devoted spaces. I really do think that that's important, but I also want to make sure that those spaces are not then just completely exclusionary as well um yeah so so it is one that i that i think about um and i do have some history in building communities that are what i call reactionary communities so, so i'll give you an example so i told you like i work in technology right uh business and technology and um that is a space those are two spaces business and technology that are heavily dominated by white male cis het men um so i built a community uh that was what i call a reactionary community it was specifically a community that that excluded um white cis het male men um and instead was a space for uh what i call like like the genders were like like all but cis cis men like um you, you could be any gender as long as you were not a cis man so you could be a woman, you could be non-binary, you could be, you know, uh, 
any, you know, and, and in my definition, uh, a trans woman is a woman. Like, I don't even know why we need to, like, that's just silly um, that you, that you even have to have that distinction. I cannot believe, like, in this day and age, we're still talking about that. Like, come on, people. Trans women are women. Trans men are men. Gosh. Anyway. So, it was important for me to create a space that, that existed almost in opposition of those spaces. And I do believe that those spaces are important and that they, they need to hold the line. Um, but this particular space, Body Liberation Hiking Club, um, does accept great sized people. Because, it, and in my mind, it's, it's um, we, we don't know the whole story. We don't always know the whole story behind it. I, I, I have some straight sized friends that you would never know what their relationship with dieting is. You would never know what their relationship with weight loss is. We make a heck of a lot of assumptions about people just by looking at their bodies. Um, so they might look like they're straight size, but I don't know. I don't know what their history is. I don't know what they're, what they've got going on. Um, so as long as you are aligned and you, and you really, you know, buy into and accept our our guidelines and our rules of who we are and how we behave and you are totally cool with hanging out with a bunch of fat people uh those fat people are gonna be totally cool with hanging out with you yeah i love that i think that's i think that's really really important and i love from a kind of advocacy perspective what i really like about the idea of non-fat people and fat people hiking together is that it's it takes away some of the unconscious othering and bias that we all have. My bias about non-fat people, which is there for sure. I'm going to own that. I'm always trying to uncover it, but it's there. Um, and also some conscious bias, let's be real. Um, and vice versa, right? Like I think anything, I, I love the Brene Brown um, quote around, it's hard to hate close up. I think that's what she says. And I've, I think about that all the time because, and that's what I try to do with the podcast. That literally is what started the podcast is one of the things is that if we can know each other's stories, if we can see each other as humans, it makes it a lot harder to hate, to have bias, to perpetuate violence against. So I think that's great, Avery. I think that'll be, um, and again, I just think about personally, I think about I could imagine that feeling really healing for someone like me hiking in my, what has now become a large fat body. And I'm, I, I wasn't able to be active for two years because of endometriosis uh, where I was literally like bleeding to death for two years. So my, my stamina, my strength has really shifted pretty dramatically. So it's vulnerable for me to come out and be around other people and hike and challenge my body. And I want to, and I'm going to, but there's like, I can think of, I can imagine feeling very, um, yeah, I imagine a bit of a healing happening and a letting go, even being able to do that beside a straight sides person whose fitness level might be very different from mine. Absolutely. And feeling, feeling like, 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 yeah, like, like this is, this is clearly a space where it is okay for me. And I've been given permission to huff and puff and walk slow and, and do what I need to and use hiking poles because they, they help give me a little bit of extra stability. Um, and like, and if you want to walk with me, cool. Like, that's great. Also, another thing that I would love to do, um, 
I don't have it. I don't have a schedule yet, but but this is something that that I would really really love to do because it is a bit personally self serving. I would love to have a family day where where we can because I I've been like, well, can can you bring your kids? Can you not bring your kids? Like, you know, and and trying to make that kind of inclusive and like, um, there's also like, can you bring your dog? And I'm like, can you bring your dog? So. I have a dog. I have two dogs. I have one that's a really, she's old. So she's a really good trail dog. And I have one that's young. She's only two years old and she's learning to be a good trail dog. So like, I, I don't know if I would bring the two year old dog because I would just want to make sure can, if another person brought a dog, are they both going to be cool? Are they going to like attack each other and freak out? And, Cause you have to, your, your dog has to stay on a leash. Like sometimes when I go on trails, I let my dog go off leash. If, I, if there's no one else around, I'm totally on my own. But in this case, they have to stay leashed. So I think like dogs are allowed as long as like they're not jerk dogs. Um, and and they no jerk dogs, no jerk people. <laughs> no jerk dogs, no jerk people. There's hard and fast rules. Um, but the family thing. Um, I have a daughter who is 12 years old, and uh, raising a daughter <laughs> in the age of social media and. Oh baby, um, trying to break the chains of like my relationship to my mother and my mother's own fat phobia and her relationship to her mother and her mother's own fat phobia. Like, oh my gosh, it is generational. Um, so I'm trying to raise my daughter who as of now is a straight sized person. Um, but she has me as in her genes. So we will see where this ends up going. So I'm trying really, really hard to raise her in like not to not be fat phobic, um, and also because she might be fat herself, but also even if she's not fat herself, straight size her whole life, she shouldn't be fat phobic because she shouldn't be a jerk. Um, and people that are fat phobics are jerks. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have a very clear worldview. Uh, <laughs> but, yes. <laughs> all this rambling is to say when I I told my daughter that I was like, you know, I'm going to volunteer to lead a hiking club. And, and it's for, for people of all different body sizes, including people that are fat. And her first thing she said was, can I come? And, uh, and I said, that's a good question. I don't know. Like, I got to think about that. Like, you know, can kids come? Can kids not come? And then I was like, I think, I think, I think we definitely need to have a family day um, because I would love to have my daughter see a group of, of di- people of diverse bodies all enjoying nature because she loves going for hikes too. So like, being able to get outside and seeing people of all different abilities and different bodies like that like that is the day i will cry (laughs) is seeing bodies and families and and potentially let's bring in some of the people that we love so we can all be together and see each other in this beautiful way instead of the family hike kind of like what you described which is um, you know, the partner and the kids and the dog are all walking up ahead while you're in the back huffing and puffing going, oh gosh, I wish I could keep up with them. And you're feeling all those awful shame feelings. Instead, it's like, let me show you what it's like to hike with my club, with my group. And you can see me be part of this where we are feeling good. Um, like, I'll, I will lose it that day. I will cry so hard. That will be a re- I love that. I love that. I have two step kids that are straight size and we've, we take them on the trails all the time. And I think like, I agree. I think that would be, they definitely, I always talk about like, I'm counter brainwashing them, brainwashing them to be liberationists, little, little, little liberationists. 
But that would be amazing for them to see because I don't know that they see groups of fat people together. I bet they don't. I think I'm, you know, I'm definitely the fattest person in their life that they know in an intimate way. So yeah, I think I love the idea of family day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they could see like all these people, you know, hopefully, you know, a, a fair amount of fat people doing like, you know, kick ass things like holy guacamole. It's so cool. Oh my God, Avery, I'm so, so excited. I think this is going to be wonderful. I know it's going to be wonderful. I'm very excited to be a part of it. I'm so glad you're here talking about it. I'm going to include all the links for people. Um, and I want to close by asking you about joy. <laughs> I feel like we've talked a lot about joy, actually. Everything. Yeah, hiking whole, brings me joy. <laughs> hiking brings you joy. <laughs> um, how do you choose joy? I've really been thinking a lot about choosing joy lately and that joy is a practice and a choice as opposed to just something that we stumble into. I think we can choose. I think we can practice. So how do you, how do you choose and practice joy? a really good question in, in, in big ways and in small ways um i think there's something in that in, in and we've touched on this uh, a fair bit already in the the accepting and the knowing and the being okay with knowing that you're going to make a mistake but choosing to do something anyway choosing to go for a hike choosing to start a hiking club choosing to um you know to get out and do whatever it is. And, and, and that can be on a very small basis. It can be, um, it, it, it can be reading an article. It can be listening to a podcast. Um, another thing that brings me a lot of, of joy is gardening. Um, and so, and, and, and it's interesting to me that it is all, it comes back to nature. Like, and I don't know if it's just because now I'm middle-aged and like, I just, I just want to be, I want to be physically in the dirt um there, there's something about it and, and about it literally being grounding i think also a lot of it was lockdown life and um and cutting off uh i used to take you know dozens and dozens of business trips a year on airplanes and then now i you know during lockdown life for two years i was li literally grounded like i could not take a plane somewhere um so so connecting to the ground uh and and that can be such an interesting thing at any time of year and at any point because wherever you are in the world even if you live in the 35th floor of a condo building in the middle of a metropolis hopefully you can still connect to the ground in some way like you can get outside and there might be some concrete between you and the ground but but hopefully you you, you can get to the ground somewhere and whether that be a walk or um I, I cannot, like, it is, it is sheer joy. It is, it is the feeling of joy, um, to, I've gotten into, like, um, this is my new way to, like, waste money. Uh, I've been buying seeds. I buy seeds and now I've been growing, I've been, I've been trying to grow, um, flowers for my garden instead of just buying the plants at the gardening center now because it's winter and I'm, like, jonesing to get in the garden. I've been growing from seed. So my basement. My basement looks like a grow up because I I bought these lights on Amazon that can grow seeds, and so I, I bought little trays and I put you know seed germinating soil in them, and I bought some seeds. and And every day I go I go to the basement and I check on my babies, my little my little growing babies, and they're little seedlings right now. Um, and I I I feel like it it is probably some of the most wonderful joy I've ever felt in my entire life is is checking on my little babies. Like, I'm such a dork. Uh, 
and, and then I know that they're going to grow and then I'm going to put them in the ground and, and just having that connection with the ground. And it's for everyone. Wherever you are in the world, you can connect to the ground. And maybe if you're listening to this and you're like, whoa, that she's kind of weird, huh? <laughs> like, she's really obsessed with dirt. Like, like maybe the ground's not your thing. <laughs> but, but if it is, it's there for you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So good. <laughs> All right, Avery, this has been such a wonderful conversation. We'll have to have you back maybe at the end of the season and, like, talk through how it went, what you learned. We can talk about the mess ups because that's always so oh, interesting. All the mistakes. All the mistakes. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what you learned and what you're going to do through the winter. I think, I mean, I'm just, I'm so excited. This is, I mean, again, very selfishly, very excited that this is close to me and I live pretty close to where a number of the hikes will be. Um, and I'm just, I'm so, so thrilled to be live in the company of fat people. Cause even though I've been fat for, <laughs> many decades. I'm not often around other fat people. And I just, I've been aching to like do things with other fat people. Um, so I'm so selfishly, thank you for, uh, yeah. <laughs> for creating that space for me, but also for so many others who are going to find joy and safety and the ability to be grounded, to connect to nature. It's just, it's such a gift what you're doing. So thank you. And thank you for being here to talk about it. <laughs> Before we go, I'd like to read a poem because poetry can reach our hearts in a different way. Poems can have us feel in a different way. And that's what this podcast is all about. Expanding our hearts, deepening our empathy, and inviting in joy. So each week, you get a new poem. Talking about hiking and nature with Avery Swartz had me yearning for my hands, feeling the rough bark of tree trunks and the smell of earth under my boots. Um, the Body Liberation Hiking Club that Avery is starting the Greater Toronto Area Chapter for. Um, the club's commitment to diet culture-free spaces is just such a gift to all of us, you know, no matter our body size. And at the same time, in particular, for people who have been marginalized because of their bodies. And I'm just so grateful that spaces like this are growing. So for this poem, I turn to a favorite poet of mine, David White. And this is his poem called Just Beyond Yourself. Just beyond yourself. It's where you need to be. Half a step into self-forgetting and the rest restored by what you'll meet. There is a road always beckoning. When you see the two sides of it closing together at that far horizon and deepen the foundations of your own heart at exactly the same time, that's how you know it's the road you have to follow. That's how you know it's where you have to go. That's how you know you have to go. That's how you know. Just be on yourself. It's where you need to be. Thank you for joining me today. My hope is that you're feeling a little less alone and a little more seen. 
So until the next episode, you can find me on Instagram at fatjoy.life, on YouTube at youtube.com slash at fatjoy, and on Patreon at patreon.com slash fatjoy. Please do check out the show notes for how you can connect with my amazing guest and for the links to the poem. All right, lovely. I am sending you off with my best wishes for an abundantly fat joy day. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye-bye.